Welcome to the Fork Exchange. I am your host, Rob, and tonight I am joined by Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm a bit tired because of the time, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we started a little later here for me, and <laughs> I guess later for you guys is 4 a.m. Yay. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's no problem, man. And Drexy, welcome. I hear you're doing better. Yeah, feeling a lot better. Thank you. Uh, yeah, just a bit tired and jacked up on coffee at the moment. So Yeah, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. All right. Ah, let's talk about the news. First up, we have Old World, which was formally announced finally, and it's actually what was originally called Ten Crowns. It is Soren Johnson's new forex by relation with Mohawk Games, and they showed off some video. We had a big preview that I got to write because I, myself, and I think all three of us have been playing Old World, so we have some, I guess we could all sort of share our thoughts. And I can now say that early access will be coming in early May. Very early May, so look forward to that. That's quicker than I thought it'd be. Yeah, much quicker. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why. I just thought I, it, I thought that it would be, they would uh, they would hang on a little bit longer, but the game's in a good state and it's really good fun. So yeah, that's it's good. I think it's in a perfect place to start gathering ma- like more massive feedback. So I mean, I'm, of course, there's the Epic Games thing that I know has upset a lot of people, and you know, in some ways, I can understand. So I, I don't know how many people are going to buy in. I imagine enough because it's Soren Johnson, but I think it's in a good enough place. It's stable enough that they can start to bring in people, start getting feedback that they hadn't had before. And, you know, there's only been a small group of testers for the past few months. And once they open it up and get people that haven't really, you know, haven't really played it before, they'll see it from a new perspective and maybe offer some feedback and suggestions that we haven't. Yeah, I think that... Just on the strength of the fact that it's a Soren Johnson game and his previous games have just been so good, um, I, I think that's going to mitigate some of the, you know, some of the issue over the uh, the Epic exclusive thing. So I'm, I'm sure that they'll get plenty of people playing it and plenty of people who really love, you know, really love Forex as well because I think it's been quite it's quite an anticipated game really. Yeah, two things really. Um, for the Epic Store, I hate the Epic Store. I don't want to really play games on the Epic Store. But they're a small company, and I can see where getting some money to go on the Epic Store benefits them because they don't have to rely on sales during early access to develop the game. So, you know, um, the other thing really is, apart from Planet Forward, this is one of the few um, terrestrial Forex games that's come out in a while. It's true. Yeah, and historical, I mean... Other than humankind and civilization, it's 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 in a very small grouping there. So I could also say too that we'll have video starting uh, April twenty eighth. I believe that's the date I gave you, right, Ben? It was April twenty eighth. So April twenty eighth, so, yeah. yeah, April twenty eighth at eight a.m. You can check our site, check our YouTube's. I will have YouTube's. <laughs> there's there's multiple, but we will have a series. I will absolutely dedicate myself to putting out like six seven episodes like straight off the bat so that you guys can see as much of this game as you want and get a good feel for it and see if it's a game that you'll want to invest in when it comes time to early access so 
Yeah, in just a couple of short weeks, which was, yeah, to me, again, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Ben. It was a surprise. I, I'd expected June, maybe July, but... I, I think that's why I said it. I think it was because, you know, we, we talked about this and we were saying, well, I reckon it'll come out relatively soon because it seems quite, not finished, but, you know, it's clearly it's clearly in a state where you can play it and you can play a game right through and it's fun, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it was just a little bit of a surprise because we, we just sort of assumed that it would be a little bit longer. Agreed, but it's there. It's ready, and I'm excited for everybody to start playing it, for everybody to start talking about it, so stay tuned. And in other big news, we have another announcement. Age of Wonders Planetfall Invasions, which is the next expansion pack for Age of Wonders Planetfall. It is a full-size expansion, so it's not only going to feature a new race called the Shikarn, which are like a lizard-like alien race, but there are also new things, new gameplay elements like world events, invasions... And a whole bunch of other stuff. And there's also a new minor faction that I'm forgetting the name of right now. But they're like these like animals that have basically... No, humans that have infused themselves with animal DNA. And, you know, they're pretty particularly interesting. But that's another game that I've been playing quite a bit of. I've been in the beta for some time. So that'll be a game that I can put out a day one review of. Because I've had some 30, 40 hours with it. I'm really excited to start talking about that subjectively. I can't yet. But when I can, I will. And so we will look forward to that, which should be... Oh wait, no, it is. It's May 28th, right? It's May 28th. So we'll see that May end of May, which is just around the corner too. Unfortunately, about a little over a month from today. And I know a lot of people are kind of you know eager to, to get their hands on more 4X and more games in general because of the quarantine. But it'll be worth it. That's all I'll say. And the quarantine ain't going anywhere yet. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Drexy knows all about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm so glad you're okay, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm over it, so it's all right. At least I'm immune, unlike you guys, so. <laughs> He's got one up on us. Uh, that's true. Who knows, man? I don't know. We may have both had it, and we don't know. We don't know anything about this damn thing anymore. So, anyways, back to Forex News. So, let's talk about Galactic Civilizations 3, which had its version 4.0 dev diary, the very first one. It's been something that Brad Wardell of Stardock has hinted at, a few times and he's mentioned that they want to do a 4.0 and now he's finally starting to talk about it so it's going to be changing a lot of the early game stuff evidently it's also going to be uh, affecting some of the planet management in the way that you can turn off auto upgrades and i guess even just the way that the planets are structured now so there's going to be more fertile land so you can burn, uh, build more farms and much more. There's so much more. And I know that he says that that's just like the very tip of the iceberg with 4.0. So I'm excited to see where he's going with it. There's also something that he had mentioned, uh, it has to be like four or five months ago now, that the DLC, that they had, had planned a DLC late last year, but then they realized the DLC was so integral to the game and how, how it's so important to making the game better that they just rolled it into 4.0. So there's going to be something pretty significant, I think, to 4.0 beyond what he's just sort of touched on here. Yeah, because I, I had a look at that as well, and it it seems to be they're making sort of quite small iterative changes, aren't they? At the moment, I mean, I'm pretty sure that three was mainly was mainly changes to the early game and to planet management again. So they're obviously they're obviously sort of they've identified that that's the part of the game that needs work, and they keep you know. They, I mean, I quite like the last update. I thought that the, the uh, planetary the stuff that they added in in the last was it Revelations? Is that the name of the last one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, in the last DLC, they added those planetary um, artifact things that you know gave you sort of these big bonuses um, and uh, along with that they sort of rolled out this system where the planets the population grew uh, um, a much bigger rate but you start with less 
or you start with less than it grows faster. I can't remember which one of the two, but that seemed to significantly change the flavor of the game in, in a big way. So intrigue, that was the one it was an, it was an intrigue, but yeah, it's a good game that it's a good game. And I'm glad, I'm, it's, I'm glad to see that they're still working on it and they're not just sort of, sort of palming it off and, you know, trying to do something else. So it's good. I'm, they're, obviously, they're obviously really keen on making it the best game that they can. Yeah. Something I'll never be able to say negatively about Stardock is their support for games because they continue to support their games well beyond anyone else. And they generally do it in a way that doesn't cost you extra money, like Paradox. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you have, I mean, not only Galactic Civilizations 3, which has seen a lot of free changes, free updates, but you also, you know, you'll still, you, I mean, hell, we just got like 2.0 of Fallen Enchantress like a year ago. And that game is like a million years old at this point. So, Stardock's amazing at that. I'm really excited about this. I think it'd be a great opportunity for us to dive really deep into it and do a re-examination and see where Galactic Civilizations 3 is probably going to land because I feel like 4.0 is probably where they're going to just call it a day, maybe do a few more quick fixes after that and move on to whatever's next. So looking forward to that. Next up is Interstellar Space Genesis, which was patched to version 1.1.2. And with the 1.1 update, we knew that the big graphics stuff came in and, you know, the game just looks a lot better in a lot of ways. Still not up to snuff in some ways, but that's fine. And with 1.1.2, they've added some new quality of life improvements, some new bug fixes. Namely, with quality of life stuff, it was some sound effects to planets. So each of the planets now has like unique sound effects and stuff like that. So, I mean, for the most part, I'm just really happy to see that they're continuing to work on it. I'm really eager to see what's coming next. So I know that they have an expansion planned. It was supposed to be the first half of 2020. And I don't know if the version 1.1 update sort of pushed that back a little bit, or if they've been working on both simultaneously, but it'll be interesting to see what we get from that. Rob, uh, you've been playing this recently on YouTube, right? You've been doing a, um, a sort of let's explore. I'm interested to know what you think about it. Are you, are you, is this something you can talk about? Yeah, so, you know, I'm mixed, right? So I can see that the game has improved and I actually see some like true brilliance of Interstellar Space Genesis. And it's something I want to talk about a little bit more in our, our topic this week, which is exploration. Because I think some of the stuff that it's doing, and, and it, especially with exploration, is really, really smart stuff. And you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying some aspects of the game that are keeping me there long enough to enjoy it. But there are some parts of it that I'm just... I feel are under undercooked and half baked in a lot of ways. And, you know, you know, I've just wrote a steam review it was super, super short and it was really kind of vague in a lot of ways. I just wanted to write something that kind of helped you understand where I was feeling. But in that review, I, I said basically that, you know, the star map bothers me. The fact that there's some like weird graphical, like inconsistencies bothers me. You know, I say the star map bothers me because it's just sort of looks, it just looks very ugly, right? And you look at that for the majority of the game. And I also don't like the fact that there's so few factions. And I'm also just not a huge fan of the research tree. But, you know, some of the other stuff that it's doing, and I, I really do want to go back into it here in a minute with the exploration and the fact that exploration kind of lasts the whole game. And that, you know, that there's this like really cool exploitation management. Uh, mechanic with you know needing to kind of make sure you're you're exploiting the asteroids around you and the whole economy of the game really is now in a really good place and the pacing of it feels really good so there is a lot to like about this game i just feel like it's it's just not as good as it could be yet so i'm hoping it'll get there 
Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was watching you play it. I've, I, I played it myself probably about two, three hours about three weeks ago, and I had fun with it. And then I, I had other stuff to do, but I kind of I got the idea that you know the, the main stuff that I wanted to check out was this, you know, was the new graphics. And I think, yeah, there are there are some gra- uh, just a few inc- inconsistencies. It's almost like they've left some place te- uh, placeholder graphics from from early in development in there. Um, I can't remember what it was specifically that, that it was, but it, they're still in there because I saw it when you were, you were playing yourself. The main issue for me is that tech tree, and it's not how the tech tree is built, you know, in, in a game mechanic sense. It's just the way that it's displayed. Um, the the different branches don't interact with one another, so there's no need for them to be all displayed on the screen like that. I think it's it's a bit of an eyesore. Other than that, I mean, if they came up with a, a way of presenting that better, that would be most of my gripes with that game, just from what I've I've kind of seen so far. That would be most of my issues done. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're I think you're a little bit more critical of it than I am. Yeah, I feel a little bit more critical. I mean, as I've played more in, in episode four, that should be dropping uh, by the time you hear this. I do invade for the first time. I've never played this game. Like I've never really given it the the good you know deep dive yet. And I've invaded a planet and I I've seen ground combat for the first time. And it's literally just numbers. Like there's no graphical display of of troops. There's nothing that kind of makes you feel immersed into the ground combat portion of the game. It's literally just numbers in a graph and it like kind of goes back and forth. And it just, it really was, it was disappointing to see. So I will say that I'm with you. I think that it's a game that could be great. It's not there yet. I'm hoping to see it become great one day. Yeah, I just, I feel they should have just kept it early access right up to now, really. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the time I spent with it, but. Yeah, it's, you know, when you release a game in that state it was, can they pull it back and shift units? That's the only thing I worry about, really. So hopefully they will. Maybe the expansion might help with that, but we'll see. In the game's defense, it's not the worst It's not the worst state I've seen a game released in. And I thought that game was quite good, you know, even on release. It, it, for me, the main issue then was the pacing. It They fixed the pacing, and that was the main issue. I can look past the graphics, and I can look past, you know, the sort of tech tree presentation and that kind of thing. It was the fact that it took it what what seemed like you know seventy five, eighty turns just to get to get the thing going, and they fixed that, and that was the big thing for me. Well, speaking of looking past graphics and YouTube videos, Ben, you've been playing Shadow Empire. You want to talk about it for a second? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm 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 taken by it, but I th- I have to be a little bit careful, right? Because that game feels like it was made for me because I. I know we're going to talk about the explore side of it, of you know the four X genre tonight, but I'm a real big fan of exterminate. You know, I like playing war games as well, and it's it's just interesting to me that one of the better strategy games that's been made recently, and one of the better four X games as well, because it is a bona fide four X game. It's just interesting that that um, that, that has come out of um, you know careful development of a war game. Essentially, I mean it. Uh, I'm not that I'm not familiar with with um, VR Design's previous work, particularly. Although people have been telling me that um, Advanced Tactics Gold is a very very good game. It's a very good war game, and it had some sort of basic 4x elements in there as well. Um, but it's just really well done. It's just super, superbly designed. And I know some of the other. I mean, I know Daz Tactic is saying that he doesn't play anything else at the moment, and there are a few other people who who have played it that I've spoken to who just absolutely love it. So it's not just me. It's a good game, and. Um, yeah, go and check it out on the YouTube. Um, see what you think. It's uh, there's still a few months until they until they release or until they talk about the release date. 
So, uh, yeah, man, I, I I think it's it's got the potential. I personally think it's probably one of the better 4X games that's been released in a while. I, I the, With the caveat that if you're not massively into, if you don't like um, complex sort of logistic systems and you don't really like warfare that much, then you might want to pass because it is it is still a war game. Um, I've not been following this that much. Is it available or when, any idea when it'd be available? So Vic uh, on stream the other day on the Slytherin stream, he said that he would be really he would be um, revealing the release date in May. That's all he said. And there has been I, I don't I think there might still be an embargo on the other information that there was. So I'm not really sure what we can say. But basically, he said in May that he would release it. Sorry, he said you would release it in May. Uh, the the, uh, the the release date. The release of the release date. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you would announce. I have to correct myself there. (laughs) Awesome, yeah, and it's it's definitely a series I've been following. It looks interesting. I want to dive into it eventually. I think that's going to be a game that I, you know, like you wait a while and you end up diving into once you get like a feel for it, like I did with Distant Worlds, and maybe maybe it'll consume me like Distant Worlds did. One thing I will say about it is that I mean, on my Let's Play, I've been playing quite slow because I've been trying to partly been trying to work it out, and partly you know, I'm still in sort of tutorial mode after doing that doing that series for Ray and Remnants of the Precursors. However, I um, <clears throat> I've been playing it offline, and it's got to the point now where I'm, I've do, I completed a game tonight, and I started another one, and you can play it really quickly once you've once you've once you understand how it all works. It is complex, but you can play it just as fast as another four X game. So. Excellent. Yeah. I want to get into it. I want to feel the excitement that you feel for it. For anything really. I want to just I want to love something like you love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, careful with what you wish for there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on to the next news bit, which is Alliance of the Sacred Suns version 9.1.2 finally dropped. When by finally I mean it just dropped. It wasn't finally because one point or point one, or I'm sorry, point nine point one just dropped like five seconds ago. So it fixes a bunch of military-related UI and logistics issues um, and adds some additional functionality. It sounds like Steve is moving ever so quickly to early access. I think the last I heard was he wants it to be June or July. So you can right now win a copy of Alliance of the Sacred Sons on our Discord. Actually, there's two of them. I just added another one because Steve Hawkins was nice enough to give us a second copy. So if you're interested in Alliance of the Sacred Sons, drop on down to our Discord and check out the giveaways channel and enter for free. Yeah, this is a game I'm super interested, but I've not got the motivation to try at the moment. So I'm hoping we'll do something to do with this game. So it'll give me uh, some motivation to actually play the game because I've had this game for a long time and I just need a kick in the butt to really jump into it. Yeah, I can imagine now soon with, It'll be future complete soon. So at least future complete for early access. And I think that for the most part, that means it's going to be future complete and then it just needs to balance it and get the pacing right and all that stuff through early access. I think he's still targeting an early 2021 release, which is why it didn't make our our most anticipated for 2020. If he ends up getting the 2020 release date, I would think that that would definitely be a game you need to keep on your, your radar. So Great stuff. We'll move on to God King Master of the Rituals, which entered early access. It came out on April 8th. It's a game that we're going to be watching too. It's already had a couple minor patches and a pretty large content patch. So sounds like they're doing early access rights. And that'll be a game I'm certainly going to watch and, and, and enjoy. And I also was very kindly gifted Conquest of Elysium 4 by a friendly person that might be British. 
<laughs> yeah, you got to play that game. Why haven't you played that game yet? Because <laughs> life is busy. But I will get to it because I can't possibly not give that the time since it was gifted to me. So, anyways, no, there's no ob- no obligations, man. But it's just you were talking about it, and I was like, how have you not played that yet? And it's like, and it was on sale for really cheap. It's like get that game. That that's game. That one game is will give you endless pleasure if you get into it. All right. Well, I'll believe you. Let's also move on to John Schaefer finally coming out of wherever the hell he lives and wherever the hell he hides and talks about version <laughs> version one point version one point four and he's got a, a rather detailed Google Doc of what he plans to add in version one point four, which is basically just a diplomacy overhaul. I am going to go ahead and say that development on this game is, as I've quoted here, glacially slow. And I'm a little frustrated that it's literally almost two years after release and we're still, we're still not, you know, and we're still not looking at good diplomacy or even detailed diplomacy in, in any regard. But he expects to release this in summer. I'm going to say it's probably going to be like the end of summer or fall because of how slow and how unreliable he is. Um, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because that's, please, I hope, I hope that we can see that and and yeah and then last but not least before we move on to our actually there's two things three things i want to talk about real quick before we move on to our topic of this podcast first off is that renaissance mod for warlock 2 has updated which is crazy we're going to have a modified playlist interview with him and a quick little let's play of that to show off the renaissance mod if you guys haven't heard of it if you have heard of warlock 2 and haven't heard of renaissance mod it is absurdly detailed and comprehensive, and you should definitely check out our article. And then Caster of Magic mod for Master of Magic has also gotten a big update too. And, well, maybe not a big update, but it's gotten an update, and it's fixed some things that were, you know, longstanding issues. And, yeah, so there's some great stuff coming from the mod community. And then we also have the version 1.6 of Remnants of the Precursors beta has, has dropped too. So if you are playing remnants of the precursors and haven't gotten the update it's fixed a bunch of stuff ray's been kind of plugging away at and making sure that we're we're spoiled as hell with a free game that's really awesome and then uh one second i correct you actually 1.7 is out now so <laughs> they're coming out thick and fast the updates wow that, yeah uh, okay 1.7 yeah killing it see look at us like literally he's killing it he's just doing it super fast so 1.7 is now out Great. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> so, and then last but not least, we have Aurora 4X. The C-sharp version came out, which I, I know has been in development for some time. It still looks like somebody threw a bunch of dots at a screen and called it a 4X game, but I know that there's a bunch of people out there that are, like, obsessed with this game, and I know it's considered to be one of the most detailed and comprehensive 4X games of all time, so I'm not going to poo-poo on it too much but i can't get past how it looks so i don't like to play games that look like they're hard work i really want to get into that game i just don't have time because i know that it's going to be good and i think i actually tried to play the the original and it didn't really work very well on my computer and it i don't think it was anything to do with with aurora itself i think it was just conflicted with with some old spreadsheet program or something that i had <laughs> or some <laughs> astrology software something bizarre <laughs> like that astronomy software but um yeah, I think Aurora C Sharp looks better. It's definitely it look it runs faster for a start. I had a, I did have a quick play with it when um, when it when the first version dropped, and there's been a few updates since. But yeah, it's just I think 
I think ultimately that goes on my list of games when I'm too old and dribbly to be able to actually do anything physical. Like <laughs> when I hit when I hit my 70s and 80s, then that's when I'm really going to start playing things like Dwarf Fortress and, and Aurora 4X and all those other sort of things. <laughs> I think we should just make a category for games called Tortuga Power Games because... Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that and yeah, Ruled Away. All put Shadow Empire of... in there as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm Yeah, because he loves advanced war gold or whatever it is yeah definitely a tortuga power game <laughs> hi tortuga <laughs> if you're listening we still love you his shadow empire videos have been really good fun i've been enjoying those all right and so that ends our comprehensive news roundup in which it was, it was an extremely busy two weeks so there was a lot more to deal with this podcast than there normally is so let's get into our weekly topic Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So yeah, this topic, this podcast topic is about the first of the four X's, which is exploration. And when we went through our, basically like our Frankenstein Forex podcast, and we were trying to like compile the best Forex game that we could consider, we were like, man, every time we went through one of those X's, we we're like, man, we should do a podcast specifically on one of those X's. And this hasn't been, this isn't the first time it's been done, right? So first of all, I know it's been done probably by other people, but Drexy can attest to this fact that when we were on the Forex Gaming Podcast for the subreddit, they actually, we actually did something very similar. We went through the Forexes the and we started to kind of figure out what it is we liked about the individual X and, and what it is that we thought could be improved. But it's been a while, so maybe it's time we revisit this and start talking about it as the three of us. How do we approach this then? I mean, I, w- I was thinking maybe a good starting point would be to try and figure where the baseline is. What what are the games that we're sort of using as the baseline of what of 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 how exploration kind of developed? Are we talking like Civilization and and Master of Orion and those those classic ones? Yeah. Well, everything everything comes from Civ. Basically, exploration in Forex games is to do with scouts, really. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, I mean. I, in the original Civ, the exploration was fun. I thought it was fun for the time, definitely. And you got that kind of, you got that feeling that you were, you know, uncovering new lands and you got excited when you jumped, when you found a goodie hut or when you came across some interesting, some interesting bonus that you could leverage, you know, in order to, to grow your empire. And then, I mean, that's sort of leading into the whole exploit part of the game too. But, but then it's kind of got, I don't know. Like I, I place, I still play Civ Four from time to time, and it doesn't really have the same sort of. I don't know if the games have just kind of got older, or whether that we're just so used to that, you know, that way of doing things. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about that? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, 
we've had the same systems for a very long time now, and there's not really been any innovations to that formula. I guess Endless Space 2, which I guess we could talk about in a while, sort of had the probing mechanic where you shot probes at, which was an interesting idea, but didn't quite work out well. And then we've had Interstellar Space Genesis, God, trying to say that at this time in the morning, uh, with the uh, its little uh, sector scanning mechanic has also been something newer. Well, so to answer your question, Ben, I think like clearly the the exploration mechanic started with the two earliest 4X games, right? So we have Civilization, which is probably the earliest 4X game. And then you had Master Ryan. And I think what was exciting about the exploration mechanic, and I think it's, it's something, okay, I, I want to get this. I want to digress for just a split second before I make my point. And I think that personally for me, the exploration mechanic and the exploration phase of a game is one of the most exciting. And there's a lot of reason behind that. I'll get into them in a second. And so I, I feel like, you know, the longer you can keep that exploration going, the better for the game. And that's why I think the exploration mechanic for Interstellar Space Genesis works so well because you'll continue to find stuff as the game progresses. I mean, hell, even turn, you know, 200, you'll still keep, you'll still be finding stuff that you didn't know about. But what I want to say is that what I think is exciting and what I think is basically the the basis for exploration is finding new stuff, right? So like in, in any 4X, you're you're pushing out your scouts, you're moving in, you're exploring unexplored territory, and you're uncovering the black, right? You're uncovering the fog of war. And for a lot of good reasons, right? You want to know where your enemies are or your potential friends are. You want to know where a good colonization spot is. You want to know where the the next wonder is, right? You want to find these cool spots. And that was the way it was with Civilization. I mean, maybe not so much in Civilization 1, but it became more and more, you know, important as the civilization series progressed but also in massive ryan right so like you wanted to find an, a, a, a colonizable planet and the better the planet that you know the more exciting you know the, the artifact planets and stuff like that that you would find you know that 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 sense of discovery was a lot of fun yeah right i mean if you really want to see someone really enjoying the exploration mechanic go watch sula's videos on the original master of orion and how excited that guy gets when he first comes across a planet like a like a, a minimal rich planet or something he's like yeah like he literally cheers so loud <laughs> um you were saying that you think that maybe the exploration you, you know the better games kind of keep that going for as long as possible what do you think to the concept of fog of war so, I mean, in the in the first part of the game, like let's say we're talking about Civ, the first part of the game, you're you're unveiling the terrain, right? And it's the first time you've seen it. So there's that kind of like random rewards thing going on. And it's the same in Master of Orion too. You know, you you find a planet, it kind of rolls a dice, you you get this idea of whether um, you know, what 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 the planet is, whether it's gonna be useful to you or not, and it can be a surprise, or it's oh no, it's the it's Orion and I've my, I've just lost my scout to the Guardian and all that kind of stuff. But then later on in, in these games. Um, that that element's gone, right? You've you've unveiled the whole terrain, and you've got the map. You know where your enemies are, roughly. But then you've got the fog of war, which is it's not quite the same thing as exploration. And I guess it, this comes into part of the extermination side as well. But does do you think that that still gives you some of that, you know, like a watered down version of that exploration kind of feeling as you're as you're progressing through the game? Yeah, you know that's a great question. Um, yes and no. I mean, I want you to answer that. I want you to answer your own question because I honestly don't know how to answer it right now. Um, I think that 
it's a different thing. It's it's part of the same feeling, right? Because I th- I think there is something to what I just said about the the exploration thing being that random reward thing that we all that we all kind of crave that we all enjoy, right? Everybody, I mean, you know, mobile game makers really quickly twigged that random rewards were one way to get people hooked on games, and it's I think that's part of what excites people about the first early part of um of of the forex games you know this as you're going across you are you are unveiling it but the difference with fog of war is you're rather than you're you're not you're not kind of doing the exploration thing anymore this is now it's like a peril thing yeah it's like where where are the enemies now where are my opponents and i think that whilst it's a related it's a related thing that you're getting a kick out of I, i don't know if it's the same feeling i think it's more of a then you're in a sort of survival mechanism thing, you know, and it's you're, it's more of a, a, an adrenaline thing. Like, where, okay, now I know that my enemies are going to be in a certain place, but are, am I going to bump into them, you know, here or here or here, that kind of thing? I think because exploration has been the same in so many games for such a long time, for me, I don't really get excited about it anymore. It's almost something I do an autopilot now. It's not something I really... All right, yeah, when you first play Stellaris and you get little um, uh, things you can research and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's something probably out of all the, well, yeah, out of all the four X's, X's that probably needs to be more developed in future games for me. Well, so there's, I mean, there's been a few, I mean, multiple different attempts to like keep you interested throughout the genre that I can think of. And you know, I, I, I'm surprised you say that. Maybe it's because you are at that point where you're just sort of jaded. I mean, I am too, right? But I also feel an excitement from that the exploration phase still because, like, even when I fire up a civilization game, like, it's it's exciting to me to find out who the, the civilizations are that are nearby me. You know, like, you know, you, you run into Rome or something, and it's cool to see the Romans. And, you know, I, I don't know. There's something about that, like, that sense of discovery that still excites me. And then, you know, we get into, we, we talked about it in, in our podcast when we talked about the Frankenstein 4X, you know, distant worlds, right? Like I still found it really exciting to get outside my system and start exploring the nearby systems and find those derelict ships, those, you know, those things that that, that make the, the game feel more alive and more interesting. And I mean, I, I honestly believe that it's the only reason that I still play Stellaris from time to time because there's there's nothing quite like Stellaris's ex- exploration phase. It's very good. It's it's very story driven, and there's a lot of events, a lot of events. But I still think that you know it it drives the game and it drives the early portion of that game for me in a lot of ways. I mean, I love running into my neighbors. I love figuring out if my next door neighbor is that you know that um, whatever the exterminators or whatever they're called. You know the any of those like the fallen empires and and that stuff really excites me still so i i'm i'm actually surprised to hear that you don't like it as much yeah i'm that's a good point about solaris by the way that's that's definitely one of its stronger points and i really like those story events in it too it's it does make that that part of the game you know yeah interesting and and they've they've clearly put a lot of work into that i mean there there are so many of those different events there, there there are absolutely loads and loads and loads um can we talk about can we talk about old world Absolutely, yeah. No, this is a. I mean, we're free to talk about anything we want, Ben. Cool. Can I just I mean, make a quick point? Quickly. Sorry, Jackson. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, for me, exploration has turned into find out where the enemy is, find out where the good resources, planets, whatever is, find out where the enemy is, 
and try to snag those things as quick as possible before they get to it, basically. <laughs> Yeah, when 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 I find a resource that's near an enemy, it's like, oh god damn it, he's gonna grab it before I can, sort of thing. But I think that's part of the excitement, right? Like, I think there's like some sort of rush, right? That, like, let's take. Okay, so first of all, let's take a brief moment to listen to a voicemail from one of our fans that goes into the game that we're about to talk about. I like the colonization events from Galactic Civilization 3. Pretty cool how you know, each planet has some unique ability that gets unlocked by uh, colonizing it. And then you also get to make a choice which affects your ideology. I think it's really cool. That was from one of our listeners, Ed Colas. And I have to agree with him. I think that's great. So thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. The thing about Galactic Civilization 3 is that each time you ran into a planet, it was like, there was something super exciting about it because there there were some like like old world planets, ancient planets or whatever that like that offered like incredible bonuses to the game and if you caught them before anybody else did, you were in a really good place. And that to me is super exciting, right? Like if I went in and I was exploring through Galactic Civilizations 3 and I ran into one of those those planets, you know, I, I'm trying to remember what they're called, but they're basically like um, and it was part of a DLC pack, but I think some of that's been made into the base game. But you could find like extraordinarily good planets in Galactic Civilizations Three, and you would have these these like you would have a significant lead on your opponents if you got to them. So there was there was an adrenaline rush to getting them. Like you you know you were like quickly like getting to getting to your shipyards, you know, making sure you got your colony ships out there, and you know you were racing there. And sometimes you know you lost that race, but other times you didn't. And there was something really satisfying about that. Yeah, it's like um, it's kind of like the old the old Wild West thing, you know, pushing out the frontiers. That's that's one of the things I like about exploration because I I try to interpret it in the sense of the you know the the overall the overall idea of competition in a forex because they are empire building games, right? And you know everything that you do is kind of driven towards winning the game. And there there is, I mean, you you, you touched you guys both just touched on this, but I think there's real excitement to be to be had particularly once you know the game well like i find i find exploration much more fun once i understand what it is that i'm finding um so like you you're you're rushing out you find you realize that like drexy said you've got you on the on your neighbor's border you've got something that's really really interesting you're like right i need to get that oh damn it he's got there first you know that it's that that's the side of the exploration that i really like it's less of a wonder at oh look at this wonderful mountain i found and it's more like how can i leverage this to to win the game yeah i guess <laughs> One apart from getting resources, the main point that sets you up for the rest of the game is how you are going to interact with other empires, whether you're going to go to war with them to get those resources, or maybe you can uh, think of someone, maybe be an ally because where they're positioned, stuff like that. So, I mean, you, it's one of the four, you can't have a forex game, it's without it. It's, uh, integral part of the genre now so we can't i guess it can't be changed too much if you get what i mean well i mean there have been alternative you know mechanics right like you were mentioning before endless space 2 with its like probe system that was pretty cool like you know you had your nodes and you were exploring those nodes and then you know eventually you might actually find yourself kind of at a dead end and you'd start probing the the you know the nearby space and you'd find a node and then you'd be able to trans, you know, eventually transport yourself there. So, I mean, there's been, there's been uh, 
changes, right? There's been ways that people have attempted to make the exploration phase different. And again, we talked about interstellar space genesis where, where it's doing the long range scanning and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool because there's like scanning levels and you're, you're scanning each of these sectors, you know, multiple times. And the first time you might find something, you know, kind of weak, right? Like it might be like, Oh, cool. You learn a little bit more about one particular system. And then the second time you might find out like, all of what's going on in that system like you might know whether or not that those planets are rich or you know whatever and then the third time you do it you might actually find a system that you had no idea was there and sometimes those systems are really great in that they're asteroids or you know something that you can exploit and then other times they're they're planets that you can actually colonize that you know you, before you thought crap I'm I'm kind of screwed I don't really have anything going on and I was I was so hoping for that in my current let's play of of interstellar space genesis and i got unlucky and i didn't find any but you know there have been attempts to change it up and i think that i think those attempts are definitely making the games the, the genre better yeah that um, <clears throat> both of those games really are probably probably was uh one of the most uh the things i've really uh noticed first in both games really um ray actually brought up a good point as well when we were talking about remnants last time about especially the way the tech tree works in that game where if you find a planet you can't actually colonize, but then if it's a good planet, you will purposely go for the tech so you can colonize that planet as well. So yeah, a lot of games do have um, interesting mechanics, I'd say, to do with that. Yeah, and a game that I, I loved way back in the day, like, I mean, I, I was obsessed. I think it's probably one of the Forex games that I played the most, surprisingly enough, was Colonization, the original one, not the one that came out of Civ Four, but the original one. And what I really liked about that one, and what really stood out to me was, you know, first of all, the exploration of a new world, right? So like in, in Colonization, you know, you could have it so that the new world was random. And it was really exciting to like almost kind of imagine myself as a pioneer that was coming over from the old world and exploring, you know, from you Brits and, you know, pretending, you know, I was, I was definitely not the British empire ever because they suck. But, you know, if we go over and we <laughs> pretend like, <laughs> no, seriously, um, you know, you come over as the old world, an old world nation, and you like explore this new world. And it was kind of fun to like, kind of put myself in that position of like, imagining myself exploring this, this whole new land that, that was untainted and, and full of these native people. And I remember always being really excited. I know this sounds awful, but I remember always being really excited if I found the Incas or the Aztecs because they were just full of money. <laughs> and so, so when you, when you got to it, when you were capable of taking them on, you know, you knew that there was just gold wagon trains waiting for you as you took it on but there was something about that and i remember that kind of there was that exploration phase for colonization really captured my imagination spoken like a true american colonel (laughs) (laughs) i've just got this idea this image now of like young rob playing colonizations like tally her old boys after the old world (laughs) there's some <laughs> I wasn't even that young, which sucks because <laughs> I'm so old. Hey, look, just because you like just because you like genociding natives and taking all their riches, Rob, doesn't make you a bad person. Just remember you, that. You know what? Those two were taken out by the Spanish, so I, I'm I'm not even sure what I need to say right now. But it was fun though to just find that and 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 also because placement in of your colonies and colonization was so important that. 
you needed to find places that you knew you were going to be able to get the resources you needed to build a colony that would be able to do anything, right? So I don't know that, you know, there's been so many different implementations of, of, of exploration. And I'm a hundred percent with you, Drexy, like a, a normal, like drabby, uh, you know, run of the mill implementation of exploration is boring as hell to me. Now I, I need something that changes things up a little bit. And, you know, I, and that's why I gravitate towards those games. And that's why I think that interstellar space Genesis is, is pretty special in that regard. Well, that's why I wanted to kind of set where we're at with the baseline, right? Because I think the most, at least to me, the most interesting conversation that we can have about exploration is how have we how have we pushed that, you know, over the years? How how has that mechanic changed? Um, I, I was going to, I'd like to talk quickly about Old World. Um, and, you know, we've all been we've all been on the beta test, and the, this most striking mechanic, and there's loads of innovations in that game, by the way, and it's it's too big a topic to go into now. But one of the most striking innovations in that game is the order system because it makes the exploration part of the game. Um, much faster, much more interesting, and there's more choice. Maybe, I mean, Rob, you've played it a little bit more than me. Andrew, probably Jaxi as well. Maybe you guys can sort of elaborate on that. But I think this is worth talking about because I think this is, I hope that other 4X game developers actually uh, actually kind of look at this and think, okay, maybe this is a, not necessarily copy the system, but just to kind of look at the early the way that the early game works. I mean, and I know that that, that orders mechanic actually changes the entire historical 4x game you know as a uh, right through the game actually but particularly in the uh, exploration game it just speeds things up and it, it just makes it so much more fun what do you reckon so I, there's there's actually i think it's a double-edged sword here for me so i think because it does speed it up that it's it takes away from it a little bit but i do think that there is some fun stuff to be had with the exploration phase with old world so like as you're moving through i mean this isn't this isn't groundbreaking by any means. Like you'll find these relic spots or these like ruined spots where you'll, you'll, you know, you, you move your scout. And what I like about the game is that you're given an opportunity to make a decision based on what you find there that does have quite an effect on your game. So, and there's quite a few different events that, that occur through that, that ruin exploration phase. It's, it's very much like, these like the historical version of interstellar space genesis because when you when you search ruins there you get like cool stuff and but the difference is, is that you have choices here you have to make a choice and i think that those choices are interesting and the more the game has progressed and the more it's been developed you you get more and more of these and some of them really do have a significant effect on how you play and and also how your characters in that game perceive you so yeah, I, I do think that, but I also think, unfortunately, like I said, that because of the order system, that you're you're getting through it a little bit faster than than you would other in other games, and that takes away, I think, a little bit from from that excitement. I think I'd counter with that that by sort of stating just because you can play faster, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to. Um, it's more that it gives you flexibility of choice within. With, within which direction to go, so to speak. I mean, almost literally, because you start off, at least in the current versions that we've been playing, there's you start off with several scouts and you also have military units as well. And you, you need to sort of, you need to decide where you're, what, you know, which which scout you are giving your orders to um, in order to, you know, to move them. So you might try to be spreading out in some, you know, in some kind of logical pattern. And then, 
you know, you, you might come across something that looks promising, like, oh, is that, that, that looks like there's something over there. Or, you know, you find one of these goody hut things and, you know, story event goody huts. And you're like, okay, well, do I need to use that scout now or do I need to use the other one? Because the other one looks like he's about to uh, get into another area that's really important for me to get to. So I think it adds more choice in the early game. And I think that's that seems to be the overriding theme throughout Old World that, they'll, that they're really they're really going with that whole thing that Sid Meier said about games being a series of interesting choices. I think that's, that seems to be their, their mantra. Yeah. And that is something that I can't wait to talk more about in serious depth, because I believe that I do believe that old world is doing a really good job of making that. I mean, the insane part about the old world, and I'm just going to digress very briefly here is the insane thing about a world. And I, I really, I think that we could even dedicate a whole episode to it once it comes out in early access is that, is that it's changed so much in the past couple of months to a point where you're right. Like I feel like almost every turn I'm making inc- like incredibly important decisions. And that's just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> so anyways, so let's talk about something that I really want to talk about before we wrap things up. And that's, and I think we've started to kind of dive into it a little bit. I think we've, you know, just tickled it a little bit, but what can we do? Like, what would you suggest to a developer that would, that would maybe help them improve the exploration phase or maybe because I mean, clearly Drexy hates it all. So we can't really ask Drexy, but um, what, what would you do, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Ben? If you had, I mean, like, again, we're talking about our, our Frankenstein 4X, right? We're trying to think about like the best ways to implement the, the exploration mechanic. Like, how do you improve it? Where do you go from here? Well, I think it's important as with all of these things to, to remember that, transplanting one one great idea from one game into another doesn't always necessarily work unless the entire game's built around those mechanics right so for example with old world the uh, that order system wasn't designed to make the early game quicker it was it's part of the integral design of the game itself but it had the knock-on effect of making exploration more interesting at least for me so um, I think what I'd, the advice that I'd give to a developer, if I may be so bold, would be to find out exactly what it is that people like about exploration. Because I don't think everybody agrees on this necessarily. And I think that, um, you know, for example, Drex, he's perfect example. He's less bothered. He just sees it as a necessary, like kind of like me. Um, I see it as a necessary thing in order to leverage a win. You know, I just, I, I want to play and, and be challenged and enjoy it and, and to win. Whereas you, like when you were talking about your colonization experience, you know, really felt the wonder of kind of coming across new wonderful things. So it just, it really just depends. I think everybody's different. So they need to nail what it is that, what it is that grips people about the exploration phase. I honestly think it's probably the random rewards thing in psychology. I think that's probably part of the, part of the, uh, part of the appeal. One game I did mention a few episodes ago is a sort of space adventure game called uh, Starcom Nexus, where uh, basically you start off in one system and you sort of, it's all based around exploration, basically, but you sort of scan planets and you get a similar sort of thing to, um, I forgot the name of the game. Old World, nice no, called, yeah. So where you sort of get three options, basically, you, where, you know, you might, just to take it, take one option for the instant reward, or you may go for the riskier one, and you sort of start getting clues to systems you can't actually see. And um, yeah, I found that really interesting. You sort of go around, and you might find a scrambled message from an old empire that's long gone on one planet, and then later on you find the second half to it on another planet, which gives you coordinates that's off in space where you can't actually see any galaxies until you actually explore there so stuff like that i mean 
Inner Space 2 kind of had that with a probe system, but this all almost sort of adds to that even more. I found with Inner Space 2, it was just, oh, well, just shoot off in this direction next turn, shoot off in this direction. But if through exploration you get clues where to scan, I think that would be quite an interesting thing. Grind, it can only work in space for X as well. I guess it could do in a terrestrial as well. Yeah, those are really good points. Um, There's so many things I want to talk about right now that I'm going to try to be brief. So, I mean, when it comes to improving the exploration mechanic, I think you're right, Ben, in that, like, you don't want to, like, retread old ideas and, like, make them your own and be like, oh, cool, like, the next next big thing is going to be uh, what Interstellar Space Genesis does, right? Like, let's just do a bunch of probing and let's let's always, like, do, like, this cool long-range scanning thing for every game. You know, like, but there are some the games that I feel like have tried things that we haven't really gone back to, right? So, Civ uh, Five with Brave New Worlds, they introduced that archaeologist um, unit, and I really liked that part because it was it was about mid to late game where you started to pick up these archaeologists, and things were were you know basically there was, there was new goody huts to find. <laughs> I mean, long and short of it, right? You could go back and you could explore these places that you know that you hadn't had before that were just now being shown because you had archaeologist unit and they could go back and get new stuff and cool stuff. And sometimes the interesting stuff was, was, you know, available through that. Uh, even on the space too, with its normal, it's more, more recent update, most recent update added things to, um, the, the, the planets, you know, like if there was a, a, a war that had been, or a battle that occurred there at one point, you would see things later on that would change the planet's attributes and stuff like that. So I think that if you can find a way to keep exploration something that's important and fun and interesting throughout the whole game, regardless of how you do that, that's important. And, you know, that, that, that's been shown through, for me through games like Interstellar Space Genesis, Civilization V. Um, and then this, the other thing that I want to talk about before I let you guys talk again is, you know, a, a, somebody brought up in our, our group, um, Quark, I believe it was, that... He was really excited that he he really liked the fact that the mini map and Planetfall um, started off really small, right? So like you would see this this very very zoomed in version of the mini map where you you know where you were and how you where you started, and it kind of zoomed out as you learned more and more of the world. Something I think would be awesome is you know like how in your game option settings you choose the size of your world. Well maybe you can make that random too. I've never seen a game make it random and maybe I'm wrong. And if you know of something, please tell me, but you, I've never seen it random. So I always know about the roughly about the size of the, the area that I'm playing with, but if I can make the size of my galaxy or my landmass or whatever random, then it would be more interesting to me to kind of explore and figure out just how big my world is, right. Or how big this galaxy is. And then last but not least, you know, again, sort of going going off and playing off what I was just saying, Sins of a Solar Empire, which I'm, I'm not sure is a 4X or not. I'm not going to make that argument either way right now. But it is. <laughs> um, the the thing, that, the last thing I want to say is that with with Sins of a Solar Empire, I really liked that you could continue to you know make an effort to explore these worlds that you had and sometimes you would find very important things like you know attributes to that planet that you didn't know of before um and then other things you know came of that as you would continue to like um 
I guess ex- I don't I keep saying explore, but you know, like you'd probe that planet and you'd under you'd, you'd understand it better and things you know became more clear. So I don't know. For me, just to kind of like wrap up what I'm gonna say and then I'm gonna shut the hell up. <laughs> if you can keep it exciting and you can keep it going throughout the entire game, that would be one thing. And that's you know however you implement that, that's gonna help me enjoy exploration more. And then also. I would like the idea of not knowing how big my playing field is before I go into the game and just sort of find out. This, uh, here's a question for you then, Rob, because <clears throat> you've you've kind of gone back full circle to what you were saying at the start of this conversation about you'd kind of like to see the the whole exploration thing prolonged through the game as long as possible, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to ask this. Do you think that exploration needs to be prolonged like that, or do you think that it is it's a necessary part of the 4X experience that it eventually peters off so that you can focus more on extermination, etc. Yeah. And that's just a question. I'm not saying that it should, I'm just asking you, I mean, do you think that, do you think that it's a necessary uh, component of the way that the 4X is structured that the exploration kind of peters off? I would say, okay, so this is something that I feel very strongly about and it's, and it's, again, it's a personal preference thing. I wrote a very long uh, exposition piece or opinion piece about how I think the end game of Forex games sucks. And it's basically like the, the end game and its follies or something like that. And one of the reasons that I believe the end game starts to peter off and become kind of boring is because I do think there's this mop up phase, but I also believe that for the most part, exploration stops. And, and I think there is a wonder to the exploration phase. I really do think that that's part of, I mean, maybe not to people like Drexy who don't actually play 4X games, but um, there's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch. But, but for, for most, I think for most people, the exploration phase is one of the more exciting phases. And if if I do believe that part of the reason why we are starting to get kind of bored with formulaic 4Xs is that in a formulaic 4X, your exploration phase stops and then it moves on to the next phase. And I don't think that a 4X game worth its grain, worth its weight and salt is going to is going to adhere to like that, that strict formula anymore of of being very, you know, like um a, a rigid with its X's, right? And if you can keep all the the X's going for the entirety of the game, then I think it just, it makes it more fun. And that's not just for exploration. I think if you can continue to figure out ways that exploitation is important and expansion is important, all that stuff, that's important. And I think that, yeah. So to answer your question, I don't, I don't want a game like that. Maybe other people do. I've got the perfect thing to fix all of this. When I was a child, before the internet was invented, I used to play this game called uh, Elite on my BBC Micro. And in the Great manual, game. they mentioned they, men- they mentioned a thing called a generation ship, which is like this mile-long ship that's out there in the galaxy somewhere. So but for three or four years, I played this game, and I spent all that time trying to look for this generation ship, <laughs> which turns out it never actually existed, and it wasn't in the game. It was just in the manual. <laughs> oh, no. What a troll. Yeah, that, <laughs> David Braben. <laughs> you troll. I thought you had a better point than that, but <laughs> I, 
Wait, I do have a better point, but that was just... Hey, oh, that is sad. I feel... clearly psychologically scarred. It's Rex. clearly this important. why he doesn't yeah, scarred Rex me anymore. Me. I, feel, I feel sad for baby Drexy. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, going back to a point you did make about maybe randomizing the size of the galaxy, I think maybe if if we do add a lot more random elements to a four, especially for space 4x games because if you think about it if we for example become we're able to travel the speed of light and start exploring our galaxy there'd be there could be so much like crazy things that's out I, I don't know if you can do it in the game but there would be so many wonderful things we'd find you know and it'll be totally random because we don't know what's out there. Couldn't that actually be in a game, do you think? Like maybe have empires that work in a random way, planets and stars that work in some sort of random way. Of course, there's got to be within a certain rule set because it is a game. But could something like that actually work in a game? Yes. this. Uh, I know this would be a programming nightmare, right? But I've always had thoughts like that, right? So... I mean, uh, yeah, my my mind just exploded. Really, <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'm trying to collect my thoughts. I mean, yes, that, and I also feel like too. You made a good point about like, like let's say that, and I, I don't want to get too serious about like realism, right? Because that just that isn't fun, and it might be actually. In this case, I think it is. So think of how difficult it would be for us. Like if we decided we're going, like we know Alpha Centauri is probably likely a viable planet right like or that star system has a viable planet because of like the goldilocks zone and all that shit let's say we go there right we go and we we colonize that planet well like there's still so much more of space that like you know and we're we're constantly scanning right as as human beings on earth we're constantly scanning the cosmos and we're finding new shit like every day right and what's to say like if we get like new technology that we don't find something literally like in our own solar system that's like a perfect you know like you know what i'm saying like so i think what you the point that you made and the point that that i kind of took from it and and then something that i just like started my mind started melting with was the fact that like even if we are doing something like that even if we're playing like so like in a forex game even if we are moving in directions where we're you know, colonizing other planets, we're becoming part of a space empire. There's still so much more space and so much more shit that we could find. Um, and yeah, it could get weird, right? Like it could get super weird. Uh, like you said, like it just, I don't know. There's just so much there that I, I must stop talking. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're making a good point, Rob. And I think that like we haven't even considered like at the extra dimensional stuff that you know in sci-fi yeah, that's, and all that that's kind where of i thing. started go- i almost started saying that man and i was like man i can't go extra dimensional because <laughs> but, but you're you're right like that again like that was something i think that age of wonder series did really well is that like you could go underground right but then you take that and you you make that if you if you took that in warlock right if you you, you had different worlds in warlock but it, it was just if you took that same thought and i know god i know that this would be difficult but i'm just saying like what if like in endless space 2 you could go back to the the riftborn's world because they're interdimensional beings or extra dimensional beings i should say or whatever the hell or <laughs> whatever the correct terminology is they've come from another dimension right what if you know part of the game would be to eventually go through their dimension and that dimension's just completely freaking different than ours you know i don't know well 
you need to play Conquest of Elysium for. Um, yeah, that's all I'm probably. saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, look, this this kind of idea has been has been done before. Master of Magic did it with the you know did it with the mirror plane and all that kind of thing. And right, I, yeah. I know that's not necessarily what you're talking about, but um, I, I want to make one last point, and it's kind of going back to something that you said before, and it was talking about ex, you know prolonging exploration because the end game of a four X sucks. Um, two points, dead quick. One, I don't think that the end game of four X sucks necessarily because because there's not still interesting stuff to find in it. And two, there are some games that have tried to that have tried to kind of deal with this this end game issue where there's an element of it's not exploration necessarily, but there's an element that replaces exploration for interest. And I'm going to I'm going to say Field of Glory Empires with the decadence mechanic where you get to a certain point and you really have to work hard to stop your empire from falling to bits. But when it does fall to bits, it's actually fun because it kind of it kind of opens the game up to more to more interesting kind of exploration and it kind of takes you back you know and i think that i'm not saying that every game should use that particular mechanic but i think that the the end game of 4x needs something like exploration but i i personally think that exploration belongs at the, be- at the beginning of that game however when you start talking about extra dimensional stuff now my ears have pricked up or that kind of thing you know like oh hang on a minute all of a sudden you know we, we thought we had this place twigged but there's something else here i do like that that's actually quite an interesting idea well, I think it sort of comes down to what you want from a forest game and what the type of forest game you like playing because you've got like move one where basically you want to get to that end game really and just get into the war of it and start fighting. Uh, but uh, the point I'm trying to make is I've, I've been looking in, I've been trying to get into war games at the moment and a lot of those games you apparently, you know, people play one game for months and months it's not something you maybe play for a week or something like you do with a forex game or even a night. Those games can last for months. A lot of the players play one game for months. So, I mean, it's it comes down to the game. The even though it's a forex game, you can have a very streamlined forex game or a super complex, crazy forex game that could just last you for months. Yeah, I agree. And and honestly, like. Ben, you brought up a good point. Like, I mean, I, when we started talking about extra dimensional stuff, I think that, like, of course, there's. I mean, like, I, I, I completely understand that there's there's limitations on the ability to program stuff like this, and clearly, you can't just like. I mean, with unlimited bi- budgets and stuff like that, you could make any game like that. But you know, there's been games that have already done stuff like this, like you mentioned, Master Magic with its mirror realms and stuff like that. And I mean, we we talked about Age of Wonders and its underground stuff, and 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 even hell. Um, Sorry, Stellaris does it. Stellaris does it with the end game. Um, uh, you know that their equivalent of the Antarans turning up in Master of Orion two. <clears throat> some of them are extra dimensional beasties that just pop out of some place and just start eating your planets. Uh, that's cool, but it's not quite the same, is it? Is what we're we're, uh, we're sort of preparing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, but I do think it'd be cool to like get to a point in your exploration phase or get into the point of like a a, a regular game where maybe you're you're strong enough to take it to like you know take the first steps into whatever the new worlds and like in warlock 2 right let's say that the next world was a little bit more difficult maybe a little bit more powerful maybe not powerful but maybe a little bit more dangerous right and once you got to a certain point in your technology tree you were capable of actually taking on some of that stuff pax nova does this a little bit too but yeah i mean there's just there is a whole mountain a whole galaxy of of thoughts that you could start to like you know conjure up and wish for and, and just know damn well that 
a programmer is like having a stroke just thinking about it. So anything you guys want to mention that that we haven't yet that you want to kind of part on part with? Um, <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've explored this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, what the puns, man. Jeez. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, and I, I think we have, right? So like there's, I, I, it's funny to me that we actually have three different opinions where is like, for me, I, I believe exploration should be something that continues on in some way throughout the game. Drexy doesn't give a shit about any of it. And... I've, uh, I've prefaced that. I don't give a shit because nothing's apart from maybe ISS has intrigued me. It, no game has an exploration that has intrigued me. Like at this moment, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I've got to do it. Get it out of the way. Move on to the end game. If a game comes along with a very interesting exploration phase, then I'll be all for it. I've heard Aurora Forex has a really interesting explore side. But um, you know you've got to you've got to play it first. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I I would love to see like a modern version of Aurora Forex and maybe like somewhat dumbed down version because I I think that like the reality like the way that it kind of like takes I mean because it's it's almost like true physics right like like colonization takes like hundreds of years in that game am I if I'm wrong I don't know I'm, I might be wrong yeah something like that right maybe I, a, I think sorry Bob go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, like, you know, the exploration phase is literally, like, forever in that game because everything takes forever. But, yeah, I just, to wrap up what I was going to say, though, I just think it's funny that, like, okay, Drexy's in one 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 corner here, right, where he's like, eh, I'm jaded as hell. I don't really care about the exploration phase anymore. And and Ben here is like, yeah, exploration's cool, but it should end. And I'm like, nah, man, it should stay, the, it should stay the hell in the game, the whole game. So it just... It was it was just interesting to kind of like play this out and see where where we all sit on it. But I wonder where the audience does. Well, I'm currently writing an email to Jeff Bezos, and I'm gonna propose <laughs> a, an expense expense for its game. So and I'm gonna become incredibly rich. And thank you. You know, there was a game, I, and I don't want to go too much longer, but there was a game that had that premise, right? It was a forex game set in it's maybe even in our solar system. And it certainly sounded like Expanse, the 4X, and it just disappeared. And maybe we should d- dig that up and figure out what the hell happened. But it, it definitely had some promise with something like a concept like that. So I think that would be a cool way to play. Like, even if it's like a fake, maybe even like a, an alternate solar system that's similar to ours, but maybe a little more, you know, interesting or exciting or, you know, less, less familiar to us i think a game like that where you know you're taking on like true physics and you're you know colonizing planets and it's a you know a multi-generation thing that would be pretty cool that would be awesome man uh i've got to say that the main thing that i'm exploring at the moment is sleep deprivation <laughs> so am i i don't know how i'm still going <laughs> hey man it's light outside that's yes. that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. Thanks, guys, for joining me today. This was a great conversation. Ben, thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, man, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure. And Drexy, I'm really glad to hear that you're doing well and that you still hate 4X. Oh, God damn it. I did mention Sid Meier Starship's exploration. <laughs> oh, I almost I almost brought that one up. I was going to, when Rob was talking about uh, a dumbed down version of uh, Aurora Forex, I was going to say, yeah, it's Sid Meier Starships, but we've done that gag already, already on Waste. Yeah, but this is, this is Jaxi's thing, man. Like he's, I mean, he's been, this is his running joke for like years now. <laughs> 
He's only got one joke. It never gets old. It doesn't. It doesn't get old. But hey, guys, thanks for joining me again. And until next time, this was Rob, Ben, and Drexy for Explominates. We will talk to you guys soon. See you later. Bye. Bye.